Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer and director Gary Land. Gary Land has worked with clients such as Nike, Under Armour, ESPN, Titleist Golf, and Apple Computers, to name a few. He has photographed everyone from LeBron James to Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, and Stephen Curry, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Gary about how he's been uh, approaching work with everything that's been going on with the COVID-19, um, various projects he's worked on over the course of his career, um, and I also talked to him about his experience photographing uh, Chris Paul for ESPN's The Body Issue, as well as much, much more. Um, Gary's someone who's accomplished a lot within his career, um, a lot of respect for his work, so I was excited to have him back on the podcast. So I hope you enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. All right, Gary Land. Welcome back to the podcast, man. Returning guest. Uh, how you doing, man? Crazy times the last couple months, but how's life? Life is good, man. It's weird. I have a different perspective for sure. Like, it's kind of crazy because like my, for as long as I can remember, I'm traveling all the time. So me being a dad, staying home, hanging out with the kids, that has not been a reality for me since I don't know when. So you know, I went through kind of like the, the same phase as everybody else, the panic phase, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen now? What do I do with this yeah. time? And I think I've learned to appreciate it and, you know, adapt to the situation. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's I, I'm, I'm trying to look at it in the best light that I can, even though it's such a dark situation. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, because I, I know you're always, like you said, you're always traveling. You're always working on projects. You, you're a guy. You don't sit still. So it's like, what have you been kind of doing with your time the last couple of months with everything? Yeah, well, the one thing I haven't done is taken any pictures, which is nuts for me. It's I was like, gonna, I, I was actually gonna ask you because you even, I was curious because for years you always had the Canon G10, even this yeah. little snapshots. You haven't even been doing that at all. No, as you can see, I've got my the Leica Q, which is my <laughs> new Canon, and it's dusty. Like I haven't even used it. It's weird, <laughs> but the good news is. Um, there's a lot of things that, that I have been working on for a long time, like over 10 years. Uh, one of them being this interact, this, this graphic novel that yeah. I created. Um, and I've really, I've never really shared or put out there. So I have kind of been using this time to revamp, uh, construct, figure out how I'm putting it out there in the world. So I have been working on that with other people and pretty soon I'm going to release an Instagram page and a website that just kind of shows the whole process and mm. all the people that worked on it, what it was about in the first place. And, um, and then also honestly learning programs. I've like, I, I was never an editor. Like I never like edited anything motion. So I've yeah. learned premiere and I've learned after effects and after effects is the deal. Like, wow. I'm, what, have, you, have you just been using uh, YouTube or like one of those like Linda things or what um, learning service? You know what's weird? Like I just hit up like my son <laughs> <laughs> who's crazy. He's like a genius. I've been hitting him up. I hit up, you know, one of my friends, Sev1, Jay Morales. And then I did some, like if I'm looking at doing certain things, animation things, I'll like go to YouTube and I'm like, there's a lot of junk out there, but like every once in a while you'll find a good one. So yeah. I'm kind of like, it's been it's not been like one source, but like all these multiple sources and I'm kind of like taking what I need out of it. But yeah, it's been interesting to, to kind of go back to school, so to speak and use this time wisely. And because the hours just. Yeah. 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 That's one thing I, um, 
like from assisting you a few times that I always respected about you is you seem like a lot of photographers, um, they don't learn a lot of the technical stuff. They'll just hire someone else, pass it along. Because I remember when I first got out of school like 12 years ago, you were yeah. like, you were doing all your own retouching at that point. And these were like for big campaigns. So is that something you've always just tried to do is just kind of like do as much as you can in-house yourself and even just having the knowledge. So if you need to explain it to clients or if you need to handle it yourself, that's just something that's kind of important to you. It's weird. Like I, I think I don't, I don't, I never did it for the reason for a business sense. Like I never did it for like, you know, I need to do this if I'm going to, survive or people want to hire me because I feel like I have to do it. I think I did it because I wanted my hands in every part of it I could get. Yeah. And I've always loved the post-production part of photography of capturing images. Like retouching has been something that's been dear to me for, for a long time. And I still do. Like I still do a lot of um, retouching on my own pro definitely all my own projects to do all my own retouching. And then sometimes uh, the bigger projects, you know, that I, that I get hired for, I'll at least art direct or I'll talk to, you know, tried a bit tried in and I'll be like, yo, Hey, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I like to give people like their own creative, like output, you know, like, Hey, let me see what you can do. Here's, here's some guidelines. And then sometimes I'm surprised. Like I get it back and I'm like, wow, that's, I love the direction. Keep going in that direction or, you know, but yeah, I mean, I still do it. I still do a lot of retouching, but uh, I haven't kept up with the times as much as I, I should have just because I've been doing other things. Yeah. So there's yeah. that part too. Yeah. There's only so much you can do in, in, yeah. in, in a day. Um, yeah. Cause I remember going to your guys old studio. What was that, that old studio you guys had? What town was that in? That was like Rockland. Uh, yeah. Rockland. Oh my gosh. And like Abe and you guys were doing this campaign and you guys like were Photoshopping like, like cigarette smoke that made it. Oh Yeah. And it was, it, I remember, I was like, it blew my mind. Anti-smoking anti campaign. Yeah, it was really amazing stuff. That was uh, crazy. Um, and I guess in terms of everything going on now, like, uh, what have you been keeping in contact with, like, some of your um, clients and people you work with yeah. regularly? Um, maybe producers or art directors. What's kind of, what have you been hearing? Like, are, are people still um, commissioning work? Or what's kind of the word on the street? I think people for the most part, definitely a lot of the, you know, the companies that I work for, they're definitely being safe and politically correct and trying to, you know, they're changing just like we're changing and like everything's changing. So they're trying to figure out how to move forward. I've got shoots on the board right docket right now that you know, I got a call right after this with uh, Under Armour talking about a big shoot. It's going to be like seven days at, a, at some school Okay. yet to be determined, oh, okay. you know, because we got to figure out where we can shoot. Um, a couple commercials that they want me that I'm supposed to shoot for some different companies. But again, everything is, is, is based off of like, who's open, who's willing to, who wants to travel, yeah. who feels safe to do it. Like it's interesting. Um, so yeah, the, um, the work, I haven't done a job and since March, yeah. um, literally closed down the doors right after doing a Lacoste shoot and, um, three people from that shoot had coronavirus that yeah. we didn't know about until we got home and, quarantine for two weeks going, am I going to get this or not? And we never, we didn't thank God, but, yeah. Yeah. um, but yeah, I think that companies are still trying to figure out the next move. What do we do? When can we shoot? Cause people need assets more than ever. Like 
the one thing I will say to anybody watching this is, you know, I've been in this business for many, many years and I always was told that we have a recession proof industry, meaning that, you know, we will be okay. And, you know, when, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Right. So it's like all these companies that need to put out their products and they need people to buy them. They want to advertise more. They want to put out more content. So the content's going to be crazy, way more content now going forward than there was before. Yeah. People are way more looking at their phones, way more looking at, you know, TV. So, um, it's just who's going to be around to do it, you know, and at what level? Because the, the, definitely the jobs are going to be cheaper. The budgets are going down again. So everybody, including myself, that thought that the budgets were already slashed before going into this, they're going to yeah. be even slashed even more now because more people are going to be just lining up to do the work. Yeah. So those money, those dollar signs we used to see before, I would say you won't see those as big. Yeah, because like, do you remember in 2008 when that recession hit, at that point, I, I forget, were you still at Reebok or were you independent? No, independent. What do you remember about that? Crazy. Like, One of my best years ever. Was it? Interesting. Yeah. That's You're, why I'm saying it. it's like I, I was so freaked out. And then I remember someone telling me this, an older guy, and he goes, dude, you'll be, trust me, you'll be fine. And then all of a sudden it was like gangbusters, mm. like just working a lot. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I interviewed an art producer from San Francisco earlier or last week, and she was actually the agency. I think she was like producing for Facebook at right now or something like that. And they were having like meetings with OSHA and figuring out ways when they have shoots going forward, like new procedures and how they're going to attack this. Um, because like, as you know, like some of your shoots, you could have 30, 40 people. I remember we shot that like under jam shoot. We had like 30 kids oh. there, 30 kids plus the crew, which is like another 20 people. Yeah, so it's like, is that even something you're thinking about at this point is like yeah. how we're going to approach this, like, like social distancing, even like I've read stuff like where catering on shoots, the way they're going to have to feed people is going to be different and stuff like that. Is that even something you're thinking about? Cause like 100%. I said, a lot of the shoots yeah. you're doing are, are big. Yeah. hundred percent. We, it's funny. I have a, uh, we have a call scheduled this week uh, with my partners in the business to talk about, you know, moving forward protocol, how many people on a job, like even just the people in my studio, who comes in, who needs to be there? Do you split up the days, mm -hmm. you know, having a thermometer, one of those digital thermometers ready for people. I don't want to be there pointing at people's heads and stuff all the time, but like, I got to figure that out. Like, how's that going to work? I don't want it to be militant, but I also want it to be, I want to be, I want to create a safe environment. Yeah. Um, you know, the bathroom is the issue. I keep thinking of bathrooms and it's like, you got one bathroom in a place where there's like eight people. So yep. it's like, you know, that protocol is going to be different. Everyone's going to have to have their own hand sanitizers and, you know, uh, masks, you know, even like just the cloth masks. I don't think you need to wear them all the time, but maybe you do. I, we're, yeah. that's what we're trying to figure out. It's like, the, there's so much unknown. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think I already had, it. I don't even know. Well, I think, then you're, I think when I talked to you like a month ago, um, your son got it. Yeah, he got yeah. it. He had it early. He got it really early. And he's, you know, he's an editor, shooter. He lives in, lives in an apartment in Quincy. And he got it on a job in Florida with wow. two other people had it as well that worked for us. Wow. And then he came back and was shooting alongside me and he had a fever. Yeah. So then he, he, we found out he had it. And there was like 20 people in the room when he had it, but nobody yeah. else from the shoot got sick. Damn. And he was like full blown sick with it. So Damn. it just doesn't make sense. It's like, it's, 
you know, and then I'm wondering, you know, there's little symptoms that I had before all this. I'm like, man, could that have been it? And like, yeah. now antibodies. Yeah. Look, yeah. It's hard. It's, it's so weird. I've watched too much news. Yeah. You know? I'm yeah. like trying to. <laughs> yeah. I've had to, yeah, I had to zonk it out, but it's been yeah. interesting because kind of hearing talking to different people in the business of like how they're going to approach it and whatnot. Um, yeah. Because like, I think earlier this year, uh, you were shooting a ton of Olympic like campaign work. I, I forget, was it for Visa or? Uh, everybody, Toyota, Visa, yeah, uh, twice. Like I, that is so funny. I was, I'm glad you brought that up because like, dude, the start of this year was an epic. Like yeah. it was turning out to be the be one of the best years on record. Yeah. And like I was in South Africa for two months shooting mm. for Toyota for the Olympics mm. and so much amazing work and nothing. I'll never be able to show anything from it. Same thing with Visa. Yeah. I did like two different shoots over two and a half weeks for Visa. Won't be able to show anything from it. Shot motion and stills. Have they, have they, have they even told you if they're going to end up using it next year? Or they, just they don't know. They're yeah. still like, honestly, I haven't even heard back from anybody from them yet. Cause they're all just. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the, all their lives. These guys thought you could think I worked on it for that long. They spent a year working on it. So, yeah. and then the other thing was I shot an Apple, another Apple commercial. I directed another Apple commercial that was supposed to run during the hockey playoffs. Yeah. And it got killed after we shot and edited and everything. So Damn. it's like all the work that I did this year, I haven't been able to show anything. What uh what kind of stuff were they having you shoot in uh South um, Africa? Was it like uh what athletes and were you working with, I guess? Yeah, they were it was a, a bunch of different athletes. Um uh, hopefully I I'm not gonna I won't remember all the names, but I think it was a total of 12 global athletes for for them including paralympians so it was like skateboarder leticia buffon oh yeah legendary it was dope shot her uh i shot um uh baby Bebe veo which is like a, a paralympic uh fencer mm-hmm. she was um jessica long who's a, a paralympic swimmer yeah double amputee i've shot her before for coca-cola she was amazing um Jessica Fox, who's a kayaker. She's like a, a Australian kayaker. Wow. All, all over the board. All types. All of- over the board. Yeah, it was weird. Like we shot, you know, Michael Norman, the track star. We shot um, a, a shot putter. Uh, and I'm, it's killing me that I can't think of his name right now. It's insane. <laughs> I've, I've literally been in touch with him like multiple times. <laughs> That's all right. Jerome. Uh, his name is Jerome. He lives in South Africa. He's an incredible guy. I uh, shot him. There's just a bunch. It was a bunch of different things, but the lighting was really, really intricate. It was a huge set. We built water tanks and we shot. It was insane. Like it was one of the biggest shoots I've ever done. Damn. Uh, and it was really good money uh, on on every front, like production, the, the fees. It was just like epic. Uh, they put us up in an Airbnb on the beach Holy for, shit. for a month. For a month. A month. And we Damn. shot like every, like we shot a day took four days off, shot a day, five days off. I mean, that was like that type of thing. Yeah. How, I mean, how often, how common is that for you to have a month? It's never, sh- it's not even, it's, it'll never happen again. But never. The, like, how do you keep the stamina up on a shoot like that? By the end of that month, were you like this drained or were you still? No, actually I, I bought a bunch of weight equipment, the gym stuff, and I put it in our Airbnb and I worked out all the time. Yeah. Uh, I did another two other shoots while I was there. Like, scheduled shoots and did those try to stay as active as I could. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was with, uh, Jeff Douglas, who's my lighting guy. 
Yeah. Um, I used the local DIT and Smitty who produced it for me. He was there too. So it's three of us in the house together. Wow. That's awesome. And uh, another thing I have been kind of interested in talking to people about, like with everything going on, like how are you approaching like marketing? Are you even doing any marketing right now? Because it's kind of like a, I haven't really do, been doing too much. I've just been keeping in contact with the clients I, I regularly work with um, because it's like, I don't want to be tone deaf to the situation. It's like a lot of people are, like I know some of the art buyers and Mullen got laid off last week yeah. uh, like across the board. So it's like, how are you thinking about marketing and during this kind of time, I guess? Um, I'm not doing, I'm not going to do anything really until yep. I go back to work. Just once I'm trying to conserve and save money. Yep. Uh, and people understand that. And plus people are just tuned out right now. I mean, yep. for the most part, like, they're dealing with their own thing. They're unknown of like, am I going to have a job? Art doc, buyers, directors, they're all like, there's a lot of unknowns. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it would be a waste to put out something now because I think it, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Sure, yeah. you can put out something, but there's ways to do marketing too. Like Tim Tatter, he did a really cool thing that uh, Art for Assistance yeah. uh, for the GoFundMe thing. That was pretty brilliant. And like, you know, I I hate saying marketing because that came from the heart, but still, like it, yeah. it was a smart thing for him to do, mm -hmm. and other people followed suit. Other photographers, I didn't do it. I was really close to doing it, and then I was like, you know what? Let those guys have their thing. And like, the more people got involved, it felt like it just got yeah, it wasn't as cool. But uh, Patrick Molnar, Tim Tatter, those guys, um, you know, really was really I was impressed by how they did that. So. As far as marketing goes, you know, I'm posting a little bit here and there on my website. Like I've been going through archives, you know, which you can only do so much of. Um, mm. The Iverson book that I created, I've been definitely selling a lot of those and like trying to push that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but again, I think working on this graphic novel is really been best, super exciting for me and that that I will put out and I'll use my Instagram to talk about the shoot, maybe show behind the scenes stuff and then try to get people influenced into go visiting it. Because I don't know if you've ever seen it. Did you ever work on any of those? No, I never did. I remember the, uh, you've told me about it before, but I never seen any, any of it, but I know you've been working on it for years. It's pretty crazy. Anytime I share it with people, they're like, and is that something you think is just going to live online or do you envision doing a book or a printed well, piece? With it? I was using it to sell a, a movie, a TV series idea. That was the whole, the whole, Con, you know, idea for it. When I worked with uh, Peter Jackson and Neil Blomkamp on District 9, it yep. kind of started then. And I've been working on it since. I've been grabbing pieces here and there, writing, shooting. I've, you know, right now it's, it's a 14 chapter project with like, you know, um, watching the progress of this, of this young boy become a man and like him, you know, struggling with his own identity and in the end having to save the world is, is, is the story. Yeah. Um, and there's time travel and it takes place in the future. It takes place in the past. So it's like, it was really, really fun shooting it. I'm trying to put together, you know, all I have video footage of us like doing the shoots and like all the BTS. So I'm trying to put together this, like try to figure out the best way to show all that. Is it through like one video or is it like almost episodic where it's like, Hey, shoot yeah. two. Here's what we yeah. did. You know? yeah. So anyway, I've got my work cut out for me when you mentioned marketing and yeah. things like that. As far as like printing a promo or things like that, I, I probably won't do that for a while, mm -hmm. but I want it to be meaningful when I do do it. Yeah. I might do a snowboarding book. That's another thing I'm, I'm working on because every, that was so near and dear to my heart. 
Yeah. And everybody's like, how have you not done a snowboarding book when, you know, that was how you started really skateboarding, snowboarding, you know? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And it it was sad seeing Jake Burton passed away uh, last year. I know you kind of had worked along with Burton over your course of your career. Uh, what do you remember about that guy? Because that guy, this I, I never met him, but this from like seeing interviews with him and like his yeah. whole company, it seemed like he really gave back to the sport and everything. He he definitely man changed the sport. It's funny because like Jake is like the godfather. Like I I didn't have a relationship with Jake. I'd, be, I'd lie if I said I did. Like yeah. he was untouchable. Like yeah. I'd go to the Burton, I'd go to Burton, and I'd get, always get free boards, boots, bindings because I was in the industry. But yeah. I had to deal with other people, and like Jake would always be like, you know, you know, Jake's <laughs> in his office somewhere. And but the thing was, like, he always. I have nothing but respect for him, but it was funny. There was a time where people kind of like boycotted him and when the Olympics were coming in, everybody thought it was corporate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And sure enough, he's, you know, stood the test of time and really just focused on what mattered most. And that was creating the best product that he could. Yeah. And, um, you know, Nike tried to buy them out years ago, offered them, I mean, a gazillion dollars. And it was like, everyone was like, I can't believe you didn't take that. And he said, no, I want this for my family. I want to leave this as a legacy. And he did. Yeah. And he did. He didn't sell out like a lot of other people did. He kept it, yeah. and, uh, it's and you got the, the best products. And you got a you you got a chance to photograph them. I think I did like well, probably within the last ago. couple of years ago. Three years ago, maybe. What was that for? It was for Snowboarder Magazine. Actually, they reached out. I used to work for those guys. I worked for Transworld and Snowboarder. I was like a staff, like not a staff, but like a freelance shooter that they would contact to do stuff and. My buddy, who was the editor over there at the time, Pat Bridges, who still actually works there, just reached out, said, I got this project. Are you interested? And of course, I was like, how are you not going to shoot Jake Burton? Yeah. It was weird, man. Uh, We went there, picked a spot in his uh, warehouse, kind of like the archives room. And uh, he was so humble. It was so amazing. And the things that he had been through. The article, it was for an article about him and the survival and what he would like the Miller Fisher syndrome and something that he had, which was super rare disease and battled cancer and just a badass pioneer of the yeah. sport, pioneer of survival. You know what I mean? Like he literally not pioneer, but like just was just like a, it was very interesting to, be, to, to, to see him and work with him at that level. Like he knew my name, knew who I was and you know, he actually uh, gave me a present at the end of the shoot. He signed a Jeff Brushy top sheet for me that he had created with Jeff Brushy's first board. Wow. Which was like my favorite board. It was like the, my first board. One of the first boards. And uh, it's saying it in my office, man. Damn. That's fucking awesome, man. It's kind of, you got to go back to your roots. Uh, uh, it's like, do you enjoy, I know you don't get a lot of time to do editorial because you're shooting so much advertising, but is editorial something you, do you still pay attention and look at it a lot? Oh, and, yeah. Because I know you got to do one last year. You got you shot the body issue, which is like that's a big prestigious thing. Um, is editorial stuff something you enjoy, and do you feel like you have like a different approach to shooting editorial versus advertising? You think? I love editorial because that's where you get the most freedom to be creative, and there's really no reins, so to speak. Um, so that's what I enjoy. Because you know me, man. I'm like I come up with some really crazy ass ideas, and a lot of times the advertising world's like has too many restrictions. And and, and, and with editorial, you know, if you have an idea, um, nine times out of ten, they you know they you sell that idea and you go with it. And it's those yeah. are the things that I look at editorial for. 
you know, for inspiration, for style, color, like everything. Like it's just, there's so much coolness with editorial. That's where you find innovative techniques and innovative style. They want, it seems that with editorial, they want ideas. Like a lot yeah. of footers are like, pitch me ideas. You got ideas, they're, they're hungry for that stuff. So if you have it, it's like, put it out there and you get opportunities pretty much. Yeah, like the body issue. That was like, they're like, tell me how you want to do it, what you want to do. And I came up with this whole like Westworld minority report kind of like weird thing. And um, dude, it's so funny. Some of the best shots, they wouldn't even let me run because Chris Paul's camp was like, didn't want to show his ass. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Yeah, there were some really amazing shots in there. My favorite shots, I couldn't even show. You can't even put. You can't no, even put. ESPN, their favorite shots, like they couldn't even use. Yeah, you can't. You can't even put it on your website. No. Oh dang. That's so, cool. you know, but it was a lesson learned. I would totally do it again. It was a really interesting experience. But that was like, I don't get, I don't ever get frazzled on shoots. And that when the first. 20 minutes was probably the most uncomfortable I've ever been as a photographer. Yeah, because prior to that, had you oh. ever photographed nudes or anything? Uh, I did early, early on with a friend, you know, a girl that I knew. Yeah. Uh, she wanted, she was going to be a model and just some tasteful stuff. Yeah. And that was, you know, I liked her, so I was stoked. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this one was weird because I could tell that he was super uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so I was, and I, I'm really good at usually making people feel comfortable on camera. But when you got a guy who's a basketball player known for his handles and dribbling, and I'm telling him to make dribble naked, like yeah. it's like yeah. you can only make somebody feel so comfortable. But I did. I had to kind of like calm, take my anxiety down. Yeah. And because I didn't want him to feel that as well. And we just when we when he saw the first picture and he knew that I was timing things where I didn't see certain parts of his body. He was super appreciative of that. And by yeah. the time we finished doing that whole shoot, he like, he was so thankful and he came up to me. And the funny thing is though, I was stoked on the images. ESPN was stoked on the images. He was stoked on the images. And then he came out and when it was time to post it, he started posting images and everybody was ripping him. Oh, everybody. of course. Of course. They yeah. were like, All his buddies. Was like being serious because he had lost weight. He got ripped and like, yeah. he was like, look at me, man. I'm doing this. I got really, and people were just bashing him. Yeah. So, uh, but it was, uh, it was, it was cool. I liked the images. The, the studio was sick that we shot at. I was using a new camera. I think it was the second time I ever used it. What was it? The Fuji GFX 100. Yeah. I was going to ask you, I've, I've used it once. Cause Michael Prince, another photographer in the yeah. Boston area, he bought one. And I remember when you first bought it, it was pretty funny. You posted a video. I on was so excited. You were, you were, you were happier than a kid on Christmas, man. It was. Hysterical. I was. I've never done that since or before. Like, oh my god, this is amazing! It is. It's funny. It's the only camera I use now. Like I literally sold all my Hassie stuff uh, recently. Yeah. Um, the Canon I'll still use, but man, that that camera I've learned to really use it and master it. Mm -hmm. um, it took a while to figure out some of the focusing issues with you know targeting like motion AI servo type stuff, but I've figured it out for the most part. I'm telling you what, that file though, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. It's just nothing better than it right now that I've seen. Only thing that was weird was like the viewfinder. It's like a digital viewfinder, so it feels like you, it looks like you're you're looking through like a like a camcorder from like 1995. That's I. That's the only yeah. down thing I didn't like. About uh, I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. I I don't like EDFs. I don't like electronic viewfinders at all. Yeah, I like an optical viewfinder because you know what I what I don't like, right? So if you're shooting you right now and I'm blasting off frames, it 
it, it looks the same the whole time. Like yeah. nothing changes. When you shoot electronic, it like does all this weird like artifacting and I don't like that. No. Uh, and I never have liked that, but I've gotten used to it because the yep. Sony is the same thing. The Sony A7 series has been an insane breakthrough, innovative breakthrough. And I bought, I've had all three of those cameras and I ended up giving them to my kid because I don't like the electronic viewfinder. But I got to a point where the, I see, you see the files and videos that come out of these things. Yep. And it's like either get with the program or, or don't, you know? And yep. so I took the chance in the Fuji and I'm glad I did because I'm at the point now where, I understand it, but and, I do agree with you. And you, you, you can use the Fuji for like action stuff. You'll oh, use, yeah. Okay, everything. But yeah. I mean, I'm not. It depends on what I'm shooting. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't shoot it. I would rather use a one DX. Okay. Like, on on real action. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because one, I'm gonna get sharper files, and more per per like I get more per hundred images are gonna be in focus and perfect than with the Fuji. But Got if it. I was doing a stage shot, you know, all right, all right. then yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting. And, you know, another thing I was interested in talking to you about is you kind of have an interesting scenario that you've kind of built over the years, which is like, um, originally you were just by yourself, then you brought on Abe and Jeff, and you guys were working together for years. And then you built this, your own studio in Quincy, which is like GLP. And then yeah. within that, you guys have, I believe, Trident, which is like, uh, retouching and post-production and then I believe even now there's a couple other like entities within that um, right. I guess was that kind of always your plan to kind of yeah. build build this thing with with inside yours and like I guess what's your approach been with that you think no I appreciate you asking that um, so when I was working at Reebok I always wanted to come up with my own company that was kind of all-encompassing it would be like something originally it was called the Polygon Group and I had a, a whole original part where we were going to come up with this thing. It was going to be music, sports, photography, like everything underneath one roof, right? It failed. It didn't happen. We didn't do it. I chickened out. I think, you know, what, what ended up happening was GLP started out. GLP was my first company, Gary Land Productions. And Abe was the first member of that. Jeff, we ran that. And then it changed. We, you know, I, I didn't, I wanted to create a post-production company. It was, we were doing post-production on, underneath GLP. We ended up changing that, coming up with Trident. Because yeah. um, I, I, we were doing retouchers, retouching for other photographers. And I felt weird that, like, my name was associated with, you know, I didn't want them to feel awkward. And, I then, even, the and, then, even, and then even if you're, like, working on a project for yourself, you can bill it for another company. Yeah. Yeah, right. so, yeah. So I started that, and that's been going on for years. And it's, it's you know, we've seen growth and decline and more growth and lost lost big accounts and I've, I've experienced it all uh we're still around we do a lot of like cg a lot of retouching um everything from short films to you know a, a campaign of stills um and then glp was primarily focused on production so smitty uh greg smith runs that pretty much he's like the guy running that program abe sands runs trident so it's funny that you should mention that because right now, or three years ago, I formed uh, alongside another another guy, uh, Dominic Filion, who worked for Adidas. We formed Convoy, which yep. is a small agency. It's a creative task force, right? I mean, basically a nimble, diverse group, small group of people that we focus on strategy, creative um, content, and experiences. So it's like because, and the reason why I did that, and I know it's conflict of interest, but it's really not because so many agencies or, or direct to, uh, business clients 
would ask me to do more than just create assets. They'd be like, well, what do you think? What's your ideas? You have, we have this new product. Can you come up with some, can you write a treatment? And the treatments weren't, oh, um, tell us your, how you're, your approach or how you're going to shoot this. It was more like, come up with an idea. Show ideas. So yeah. over the years of doing that, I'm like, I need to like box that up and somehow present that in a way that makes sense. So that's how Convoy was born. The website's theconvoy.com. And, um, you know, again, like, the, you know, we do, uh, you know, from, from the strategy uh, part of it, it's like we do like um, brands, social campaigns, and then the creative is a design, creative direction, copywriting, art yep. direction. And then the content would be like, um, you know, from digital to video capture to photography. Um, mm -hmm. And experiences, we've done retail pop-up shops, uh, you know, trade shows. We did trade shows at Raytheon, Damn. Quell. We did pop-up shots for Nike, for Kyrie. Um, it's just a lot of different things. And again, I'm still a photographer. I'm still a, 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 a creative director, um, director, but like we rehire other photographers. We, like an agency works. I'm using other people. I'm using other sources. It's yeah. just another entity. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. under under GLP, I know you got Tyber Nemeth, who yeah. he, he, I worked with him for years when I first He's got great. out of school, and then uh, JJ Miller, yeah. another photographer, director. Yeah. So they kind of all work under that whole camp. Um, what what, do you, what have you kind of taken away? Do you feel like you kind of get inspiration from like? It seems like interesting interesting place to work because of like a lot of photographers, it's just them sitting by themselves. Whereas right. you you have this whole like like you said, you got. Uh, you got uh, graphic designers working there. You got other photographers. Do you feel like having all these people under one building has this kind of even helped you, helped you kind of grow? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's huge. It's like having. Look, I'm the first person that's gonna uh, say that I don't have all the ideas. And when you have people around you that have really good input or excellent ideas or capabilities that you may not have that you can uh, utilize and learn from, it's so cool. Like more people talking and hanging out together that all have common interests are it's it's so amazing mm -hmm. and even like you know me being a photographer you know like when i first started doing this and i moved to boston like i i wanted to share 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 asnp i joined them and it was like i quickly realized felt like everybody was like crap shitting on everybody else and i just i didn't like that yeah. never was that type of person and so for me to be like in a space where I can have JJ Miller, Tyra Nemeth, we could potentially bid on jobs together. I'm like, why? I want these guys. We should be together. Mm -hmm. Like we're still doing jobs for different companies. We've done jobs for the same companies. I've hired Tyber as a second shooter on a job. Yeah. Like I've done, you know, JJ and I've worked on jobs together where yeah. we're side by side. That's where going forward, I think is interesting. Like when you have a company like Reebok or New Balance and they're like, Hey, uh, we need somebody to shoot this, you know, project, you know, well, how about both of us? Like, how about instead of having one or, you can have both of us, we'll figure out how it works money-wise, but now you have two guys shooting at the same time. It's kind of cool. I think, and, it's, um, I think it's smart because you've, you've created a community um, of creative people and it, you have like a presence, obviously within the Boston area, but even broader now. So it's just like, instead of just one person, people are like, oh, like, it's like this group and people, I think people are probably attracted to that because it's like a lot of creatives, you know? I hope so. I mean, that, that's the idea of it. It's funny. I always feel like, oh, I don't do enough social. I don't do enough putting our work, you know, people, people for years didn't even know I was in Boston. Oh, I didn't, yeah, yeah they, but we, we don't do that enough and I should. Yeah. Um, you can't do everything perfect. That's the, that's, that's the reality. Like I've always, 
<laughs> it's funny. I tell people all the time, they're like, man, how do you have four kids? Or how do you manage your life and travel? And this, I'm like, dude, I don't like, I, it's literally like, I look at my life as a pie chart and like it fluctuates, you know, weekly. Like I'm a better father this week than I am a photographer and I'm a better husband. And it's like, as long as like I give attention to each thing randomly enough within a month yeah. that it kind of slightly balances itself out. It's mm-hmm. like that, that whole saying was like, you know, master of, you know, uh, what is it? Um, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I know what you're saying. It's like, yeah, it's like when you have so many things you love to do, yeah. don't do just be a master at one thing. Don't have, well, that's, I'm all about like do lots of things yeah. and enjoy those things. It's like yeah. have hobbies and have extra things. And I call it eggs in other baskets. I've always had eggs in other baskets. Like I might be working for Reebok, but I'm also freelancing and I'm also retouching on the side and I'm also getting money from scanning. Like I've yeah. always had, I've always done that. I don't know why it's, but it worked for me. Yeah. I think it's like, that's always like following your work. Obviously you're probably well known most for shooting all these athletes and these sporting yeah. brands, which you still do a lot of, but following your website, you've never been afraid to like, I remember like years ago, you, you went and did like some like fashion shoot in like some abandoned yeah. building or something. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, I think a lot of people would be kind of nervous to put that on their website because they're like, oh, this might fuck up my paycheck because people yeah. think I'm this guy. So yeah. you, you, you've never kind of been afraid to like, just kind of put it out there pretty much. No, I never cared. Because yeah. that's just been me to, mm. to a degree. Like, I don't want to get put in a box. I can remember the early days of me showing portfolios. And, dude, I'd have the most stuffy art directors and people. Like, this is before I even had my first job. And they'd be like, what's your niche? And they'd be like, what is your niche? Like, I was like, what's a niche? Like, what do you, what do, you <laughs> do? Are you what? I'm like, I just want to shoot. I don't care. Like, I, I, and again, too, I'm still saying that today. Like, I could shoot an inanimate object, like a freaking a shoe on a table or a or a person or like some of one of the biggest celebrities in the world that i treat every try to treat everything the same like how yeah. do i make something street, as good as i can make it and street photography too you're always doing oh, that that's great yeah. i love that stuff yeah. yeah if i can make my living doing that like i look at honestly national geographic dudes dude <laughs> i would love to be that guy i don't know if i'd be waiting like for a go at a gopher hole for a month waiting for something to pop out but like yeah, yeah. i look at there's just so much great inspiration and i love you know, dude, your, your whole Cuban skateboarding series, I was like, see, that's the type of thing, like, when I saw you do that, I was like, one, just to say, man, I'm going to go to Cuba, and I'm going to shoot these guys, like, you know how many people probably said that, and how people actually did it? Yeah. Like, not many have done it. Like, people may have thought it, or like, yeah. I've, you know how many times I've said I'm going to Cuba, and I'm yeah. going to go shoot, you know, automobiles, or cars, or like, whatever. I didn't do it. I haven't done it yet. And I was, it was even for me, because like for me, that was an investment for me, because I I spent, I was there for a week, but I spent, it was like a little over $2,000 to go down there. So it That's wasn't, crazy. but it was just like, the opportunity came and I was just like, all right, I got to pull the trigger. It's like, you kind of got to go with your gut sometimes. You kind of feel like that sometimes even. You're going to make so much money from that shoot. <laughs> yeah. You will promise you this. You hear it from me. I've said it to you first. You will get hired. You, I would definitely do a promo. I, if I were you, I would do a promo based on that. Yeah. A nice little, you know, a printed book. I wish I had one with me. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got some great resources for you because that stuff will get a lot of, it's got the right energy the composition is beautiful. The color was beautiful. The subject matter is perfect. Like that's the type of thing I'd be putting out and yeah. you will get a return on your dollar tenfold on that. Is that kind of how you approach it? Cause like, yeah. like one, 
project I love, you did a book on it. You went to, I think with the Dominican Republic and you shot baseball. Yeah. Yeah. And, th and that basically just started from your, you just wanted to go yeah. shoot that. And, yeah. that and, and then you shoot it, you come back and then you figure out what you're, yeah. how, you, how you're going to market it. It's not like, yeah, there you go. This was it. I do seriously. I literally went to the Dominican just cause I wanted to go. And I just said, I'm going to shoot baseball. I had no idea about doing a book promo, nothing. Yep. Me and a couple guys. And like, when I came back, I saw the amount of images. I'm like, I got to do a book on this. And it was like, I did like this book. It was like, opened up the binding, put baseball stitching in it. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, just really crazy. Yeah. Very simple pictures, you know, yeah. like it wasn't much. I literally just wrote a little bit like, Hey, here's my trip. And it was yeah. fun. You know, here's some pictures. I mean, it was very that much that simple. Yeah. And it was like, I used uncoated paper. Oh, wow. And so I'll tell you a funny story about this book. So I did this book. It cost a decent amount of money. Okay. And my agent was like, I can't believe you, you know, cause he pays for part of my stuff because I pay him a percentage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, Hey, look, you know, I'm doing this thing, a promo. I think I did, I might've done 300. Yeah. Yeah. You sold it on your website for a while. No, I, I didn't even say I gave away 280 books. Like I oh, had, like, shit. Right. yeah. So I, the only books I had now is I was, I was selling a few of them. I have like probably 20 left, but anyway, um, so I, I've chalked it up as like, I was lost money on this thing, but it was a promo. I put money out. So, so that, so the Apple job that I got in India for the big one that had like the most views of any Apple commercial ever it was like, it was pretty crazy. So the guy, when I got the call, he told me that the job was mine. I'm not bidding against anybody because I gave him, I did a job. He was an art director on a Nissan job. Damn. I had just got the first book printed and I had it with me and I gave it to him. I don't even remember giving it to him. I gave it to him on the job. He said, this book was the catalyst wow. for this, for the whole commercial. Yeah. So like that one book I shot an Apple commercial with just cause I did it. And then the funny thing is, the Iverson book that I did, which cost me a ton of money. Yeah. Um, that I, I just, uh, well, the Nissan, or I'm sorry, the Toyota Olympics job I got based off that book mm. because the guy was a huge Iverson fan. I, he, he got the book and was like, dude, I love this book so much. I love your mind. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, okay. Sure enough. I made a comment to him. I said, I said, hey, man, you give me this job. I'm going to come with an signed Iverson jersey. And he oh, was like, what? He was like, ah. and then I was dead serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure enough, when I found out I got the job, I called up Alan Iverson. I got, I got another jersey signed, yeah. brought it to him on the shoot. He was like blown away. <laughs> it's amazing. little things like that. But like, look, everybody wants something. Everybody wants something for free. And I don't, I don't mean that in a cheap way. I mean that in a way that's like, it's exciting when, when you get something on your desk, somebody gives you something that's like, wow, like a book or a promo or like. Yeah. And it, and it has like, you can tell you have a passion for that. Cause like yeah. a lot of times, I think early on in my career, I was like, cause like, all right, we live in Boston, New Balance is here, all these other companies. So I went out, I went and shot those like stereotypical running photos, like over yeah. the Zakem bridge, like every photographer is done. Yeah. And then I realized I was just like, I don't even give a shit about these photos to begin with. And it, it, it just gets lost in the mix with the other thousand. So I might as well just shoot what I want. And then like, hopefully people respond to it, you know? Yeah. That's, that's the right attitude. That's been my attitude from the get go. Cause like, like, and also the other thing to like, think of the reverse of that too. Like don't ever be afraid to shoot something cause you want to do it. If you think it's already been done, it doesn't matter. You didn't do it. 
Yeah. You know, like I, I always like, I'll see something, I'll be like, oh, that was so sick, you know? And I'm like, I can't do it because it's already been done. Like if, if everybody had that attitude, nothing yeah. would ever get done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you even have a project I think you shot last year. It's on your website. It's like, I think it's called Trogue, which is like- Yeah, but who hasn't done that? Yeah, there's a million photographers that have done it, but you had a different approach to it. Exactly. So. I just said, I want to do it. I like, don't care it's been done. Yeah. I think it's cool. I'm going to go do it. Exactly. And, and you know what? I really didn't know what to expect. I went, I shot, I contemplated, do I do something with it? And I got such a good response when I posted stuff on uh, Instagram that I was like, yeah, I'll do a little, why not do a promo? And I did a promo and you know, I don't, yeah. I'll never know. You never know if you get stuff back. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I never knew like seven, eight years later, I found out it was from this. You yeah. Know, but like, it's not like you can do promos and people are like, Oh, Hey dude, like it's got your promo. I'm hiring you for a job. Yeah, that's yeah. never happened. No, I'll think no. it might've happened with my mutters when I did tough mutters. Thing. Okay. True. Cause yeah. that dude, that was a great, Oh my God. Yeah. I've done a lot of like, like shoots, promo shoots and things like that, that I literally should have been arrested for. Like, I remember doing, dude, I did the Tough Mudder thing. It was like, when Tough Mudder was first like popular. Yeah. I just found out, I was like, I gotta go this weekend. I'm gonna go shoot a Tough Mudder. Looked up, where's the Tough Mudder this weekend? Michigan, cool. Got a flight, me and Jeff went out there. No press passes, nothing. Totally like sideline. We get there, we couldn't get in, no press pass. I'm like, damn it, what are we gonna do? So, we were just walking around the outs, outskirts and I saw these, I mean, I hate to admit this here on their podcast, but it's, <laughs> I ended up, I saw this building and had a bunch of golf carts out there. Yeah. So Jeff and I were just like, I wonder if any of these work. And sure <laughs> enough, one, one had the key in it and we turned it on. We put our cameras in it and we just went out on the course and literally, literally shot access where no photographers were because we were just in the middle of the course yeah. and we literally the whole day we were in the golf course until the battery died. We yeah. died in the middle of a field and just got out and started walking. <laughs> Nobody questioned it. Nobody yeah, you you got to do whatever you got to do to get the shot. It's like, you're not hurting yeah, anybody. It's, it's like, just like you apologize later. I think that comes from like skateboarding. It like, does hundred percent breaking the rules, jumping fences to go in schoolyards and yeah. all that stuff. It's I still just, do that stuff. Abandoned. Yeah. Band, so I love that stuff too, and that stuff's dying. You don't even see it anymore. Yeah, all the yeah. buildings have been taken out. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, another thing I was always kind of interested in more business stuff, I guess, is like yeah. you've had the same agents for a while. I believe what is it, uh, Kenny? What is it, Kenny or Not Ken? Kenny and Edveritis? Yeah, I guess like what made you want to like partner with the rep? Like, what do they bring to the table for you? And like even now at this point in your career, like what do you, cause your name's so out there, like people know who you are. Like what does the rep bring to, for the table to you, I guess? I mean, so I've been with John and Ed for poo God since 2006. Yep. And I was with another rep before then. And he took me away from the, from that rep just said, you're so good. You're not getting any jobs, the right jobs. I'm going to get you the right jobs. It took me about five months. I finally went with them. And um, you know what? It's weird. Like reps get into places that you might not have a chance to get into, or you get so busy that you don't think like they think, you know, like, and then trust me, it hasn't always been easy. Like I went through a phase where I was like, I wonder if I should just find somebody else. Yep. Thought about it, told them about it. They said, Hey, listen, we hear what you're saying. Give me a chance to prove that we're right for you. And I said, okay. I gave them a year. They completely did everything they said they were going to do. And then some, mm -hmm. 
And, uh, and, and again, I've also talked to other photographers that have been through similar situations and switched reps and wish they hadn't a lot more of that than the vice versa. Yeah. You know, so, um, they're really great guys. Uh, they're, I consider them more of a family now, you know, just because they know me, they, we have a great relationship. You know, I, they, they respect my craft and what I do. They go out a lot. They're always on the road, always showing portfolios, always have my best interests. So yeah, I mean, I pay them a, a percentage of everything that I make, but like, that's also, you know, you know, if I, if I didn't have them and I just said, yeah, you know what, I'm, my name's out there. People know me. It's yeah. just one less avenue or vehicle that I have that's trying to get me work. Yeah, it's another part yeah. of the, it's like another part of the engine. I think it's a necessity, you know, and I always will. Uh, I'll, I'll have a rep until I'm not doing this anymore. And I know, and I know some people have different reps for their yeah. dire directing versus stills. Um, like what's your approach to that? Cause I know more and more you're doing like bigger commercials for like Adidas and these big yeah. spots. Like how do you been approaching that? I guess. It's funny. So right now I'm under GLP, you know, as a director and that's kind of like a production house, you know, yeah. and we're, we've been trying to get other directors. So I not only, I co-own that. So it'd be a really weird for me to go. Oh, yeah, like true. Yeah. Imperial Woodpecker. Or one of those places. <laughs> So I'm in a I'm in a unique situation where like I kind of like I'm staying with the house. Yeah. And my my goal is to bring on other director photographers into our fold, like yeah. other people like JJ and Tiber, because both those guys are busy. Tiber's got a call today with, you know, with a with a job, you know, big job. JJ's been working. You know, it's like, and these guys are awesome dudes. Like anybody that gets brought in to our business. Um, the other photographers will have a say and they also need to fit the mold of what we are. Like I yeah. don't need attitudes. I want people that are genuinely nice people yeah. that just want to share and create cool stuff and realize that like, there's always somebody that's going to do this job. Yeah. Always like everyone can take, especially now anyone's can be a good photographer. You can be trained that it's just yeah. like, it's a lot more than photography now. It's yeah. about, you know, what are you like as a person? What, you know, are you, you know, how are you on social media? Like all these things, there's so many more things you got to be good at. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, how many people that I know that have insane technical ability and are mark they're, they're geniuses at one thing, but they suck at being social. Yeah. That's like, that's what I learned from like working with Tiber and you is, is like the technical stuff. That's just base stuff. You just yeah. have to, to know. And then it's like having that ability, like you said, to communicate and create like a mood on set. Cause like yeah. I've assisted a lot of photographers and the guys that like are very introverted maybe and are yeah. not good at communicating. It makes the whole set feel like very serious, which it is. Uncomfortable we're all sometimes. Yeah, we're all there to like, it is serious business. We're trying to execute it to the best of our abilities. But sometimes like if you can't communicate, it takes away from the end product, I think. I think so too. Is that something like, do you feel like you've always just been good at like talking to people or is it something like, do you feel like you, you grew with it the longer no. you got? No. <laughs> I've always been like that. Yeah. I've always been outgoing, you the know. Par the, party, Honestly, the party's at Gary's house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you know what? I always looked at it. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse, right? It's like, um, I, I've been way too outgoing all my life, you know, class clown, you know, I have ADD. Um, talk to anybody, you know, can be a chameleon where I can like change the way I 
can be around different types of people. Like it's just always been me, you know, yeah. <clears throat> grew up in that environment. I'm, you know, I'm the youngest of, 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 uh, four, um, and all the other, my older sisters. So it's like lots of big personalities. That's been me, you yeah. know, and, um, some people don't like that, you know, and well, I can't help that, you know, I'm going to be who I am. And it's yeah. the same thing. Like, it's so funny because my son, he's very quiet. Like he was like, and I've, I've watched him over the years open up a lot more and be a lot more comfortable and set. I felt like he felt like uncomfortable. Yeah. And I, I, and I, it's like, I, that's a tough thing to be so talented at what you do, but like a hard communicator or, or make people feel uncomfortable. Like that's, those don't go hand in hand. So like my, I guess it's advice or to anybody that's going to pursue a career, whether it's in, you know, public service type stuff or like, you know, a service or anything like photography or videography, or you got to be a, an energetic or fun person to be around. Yeah, energetic, I, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and I think and, I, and even if you are introverted, because I think I was at the beginning of my career, I I think you can get better at it. Like you just gotta force yourself to do stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable. And yeah. The, and the more you do it, you'll get more comfortable in this being yourself and being able to explain your work. Because I think that's like I didn't realize it early on, but being able to explain your work, what you do to other people, is like a very like important Hard. skill. Yeah, it's very hard. And even more, you're doing it on the creative calls, but even more is like those treatments, man, being able to write about it. Like I look at some people that they're like really good at it, but it's like something I struggle with is being able to write. Hard. Yeah. I'm better at talking, but like writing, it's a very hard skill, but. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I have a very hard time with it because I'm doing it so much uh, that it's like, do you find out you're saying the same thing all the time? You know, yeah. it's like, and it, and this job is not easy. It's like, it, it's similar to like, when you look at a, you know, like a celebrity, like a basketball player or one of their jobs, you're like, man, he's getting paid. It's so easy. He's dribbling a basketball, taking shots. And like, but it, nobody talks about the training and how I'm like this. And like, it's like, there's so much behind the scenes that goes into doing what we do. And it's like, there's a lot of risk taking, you're spending money, you're putting yep. yourself out there. You hope people like what you're doing. There's mm -hmm. the ups and downs of the business in general, like, you know, and you just have to kind of go with the flow. And like, um, I think I don't really consider photography or directing a job. It's mm -hmm. more of a lifestyle. Like, oh, I yeah. feel like, you don't do this. You don't be like, hmm, what job do I want to do? Eh, I think I'm going to do. You, I think it's got to be something. It's like surfing. Yeah. Like there's people that get paid to surf, but the reason why they get paid to surf is because it's their life and they've gotten so good at it that they get yeah. sponsored. And next thing you know, they're competing and they're, they're a face of the, of the sport. I think yeah. it's similar in photography where if you're really that passionate about your creating, doing all this content, it's your life no matter what. Like you could be poor. It's, and have nothing else but you got a camera and a computer it's 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 fuel for me it's like i don't know about you but like like i'm the same way like the last couple months i haven't really really shot anything just because everything going yeah. on and i i feel like i'm like missing something like i haven't yeah. cr created something and it's like yeah it's like if you're in you gotta love this shit like it's right. like like you're saying like you're always just shooting random projects and stuff and it's just like I'm going to be doing this regardless if anybody pays me. <laughs> it's so weird. I was sitting in like, I was sitting outside the other day. I was like, I'm looking at the trees and I was thinking like, what would I create right now if I could? Like, what would I do? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm thinking of so many things. And like, then you start thinking about what other people have done. I'm like, 
yeah, that was cool. That was cool. And it's just like, you get into this thing where it's weird. I always wonder what the process is for me. Like, where does it come from? Mm. And, I, and I honestly don't know. I think sometimes I might see something and that sparks something or I'm like, it'll just randomly come to me yeah. or like, I, but there is no, it's not like, Oh, I go to my everlasting. Yeah. Book of clock my in. Let me clock in. I got it. No, it's just, yeah. It's just, things just come, you know, they yeah. just come and, uh, and you try to accept it for what it is. Yeah. And one thing you've done pretty well is being able to like, you start off pretty much just doing still photography and now you're doing more and more like directing and uh, motion projects. I was curious maybe if you might have any advice for other photographers or like trying to make that jump because I think they can look at your, your website and you're using all the crazy equipment and like, what would you tell the people that are trying to this get in the foot in the door? Like what skills should they be working on? Should they even be worried about the equipment at the beginning? Like what, what should they be doing? You think? Wow. it's a good one. Cause I feel like I'm still yeah. figuring it out in the yeah. sense of like, first thing I'll say is to make that jump. I got forced into that jump. I didn't just get into motion cause I wanted to try it out. Like I got, it was something that I had to do. Yeah. Um, and what proved to be difficult for me is when you say the word director, right? Mm -hmm. It's different than a photographer. Director is a guy that's like putting things together and getting them, pulling the, the energy and, and creating these scenes and making sure it, it all works, you know, like um, it's not the guy for the most part behind the camera, coming up with cool angles, figuring out cool transitions. That's like the DP. Or yeah. A lot, of, a lot of directors don't even know anything about the camera. I know all that stuff, but yeah. like, I struggle with being a DP or director. Like I'm more, I love the DP side of things. I'm the one, I want to be behind the camera. I want to get those motion. I want to get in there and feel the shot not go. Yeah, baby. That's great. Now I want you to do that. That's not me, but I'll, I still do that. But like, yeah. so I guess for me, doing so many commercials and doing a lot of that learning it and knowing the equipment knowing the right low things to say and how it all works and the unions and like who does what and i think the one thing is trust you know it's like you've got to have a team of people now again it's bigger jobs you can easily go in with a dslr and go yep. shoot cool stuff and put together a film mm -hmm. I, that's the thing is i don't think there's guidelines man i really don't like, he's I don't gotta get, put, he's gotta dude, get out yeah he's gotta get out there and, and try it yeah go shoot anything you want like because here perfect example is you know how many jobs that i'll get that are like still still based and then like yeah we want to get some motion too can you just have we're gonna have a camera roll in some motion but then there's no script there's yeah. no order of what we're shooting but then they want to create spots out of the content you're shooting so then it's like you have to have conversations ahead of time with whoever you're going to have shoot it including yourself going okay make sure you blanket cover this we're going to cover that do some of the in and out rack focus from here to there do cover the pro get some of the product some of the texture of the background some of the people make sure they're mic'd up you know it's, you start thinking because then you start thinking of like well what are these clips going to be what are they going to want because a lot of times these clients won't give you it they won't say we need this we need we a 15 just, second breakdown. Of, but we no. just want, we want assets. <laughs> assets. And like that, I feel like I've been doing it long enough where I kind of know what works. Mm -hmm. Like I'm working, working on a Lacoste one right now where you have an edit and it looks badass. A lot of, a lot of cool transitions, cool music, focus on the product, focus on the guy, do really nice moves. that kind of helps to tell the story. It's just forever changing. Like yep. I haven't done, I have not shot yet a script heavy, like 
dialogue. Dialogue. Driven. I've done some commercials with dialogue, but nothing that I want to do. Yeah. Like, I want to do. I want to shoot a movie. That's what I. That is my goal. I want to shoot a film. I've. You know, it's funny. I like the graphic novel I'm telling you about. I went and pitched the graphic novel to Steven Spielberg. Yeah. And I pitched. I pitched to Amblin Entertainment, which is Spielberg's group, and I pitched to uh, CBS. And I, I pitched to CBS first, and they loved it. They loved it. I couldn't even. They were talking over me, like, oh, my God, this is great. We could do that. I was like, oh, wow. You know, and Smitty's sitting there. He's like, this is great. They, they might want this thing. And they asked, they asked me for the script. I yeah. said, I'll get you the script. We had the next day, we had a meeting with Amblin Entertainment. And when I went there, it was just like, it was terrible because I had like a panic attack. Like, I don't, I don't ever get panic attacks. I had a panic attack in Spielberg's office. Literally why, threw up in his bathroom. Why, you just kind of nervous because it's such no, a, big, like, a big thing? I went there because I had a big head. I was thinking it was all great. I had a great meeting the day before, and I go there. And, like, my presentation that I had created for this meeting was all Adobe Spark, and their Wi-Fi was down. Uh. So then I was, like, I had to kind of, like, start remembering stuff. And then the head of production was asking me all these questions that I didn't have ready to fire back. And I started going, then I started getting in my head and I started going down a dark spiral. Wow. And then I like, I just stood it. It was a bad scenario. Like I literally was scarred for four months after that. Yeah. But hey, man. Hey, I learned hey, a lesson. Yeah, exactly. It's good to hear even at you at this point in your career, oh. you still have those days or meetings where oh my God. And you got to go back to the drawing table and figure out what you did wrong and like keep, keep moving. But I would say like to answer your question about like, what would you tell, you know, uh, photographers or young guys that you know want to get into directing or shooting shooting motion is that you know the greatest thing today is that the cameras that we all have shoot video yeah. like nine out of ten um and like don't hesitate to roll some motion clips and then get you know play with premiere like I mean, you probably have adobe suite download premiere play with it yeah you know play with those things i can't believe how much i've learned since the quarantine just i never messed with premiere the thing yeah. was I would ask, you know, like, hey, I need this edit. Can you put together this reel? I want to do my own reel. Like, now I'm like, give me the footage. I'll put that. I'm good at that type of stuff. And now that I know these programs, I'm going to force myself to do more of that for me. Yeah. And it opens my mind, too, to, like, what's possible. No, that's smart. And then, like you were saying, like, every everything, every, like, your phone is a camera. And I was interested in talking to you about it. You shot a whole campaign for Apple called Shot on iPhone. Yeah. So, like, and you guys were, like, it looks like you travel all around the world. Um, what was that campaign about? Like, you literally shot with the iPhone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I shot. And I've done three of those now. Wow. I've done three of those now. But the, the one that I did was the, with the uh, for India, was the, uh, it's called Our Game. And it was shot all over India. It was for the Cricket World Cup. Um, and I had uh, four DPs, including myself, in different cities in India shooting all at the same time. Wow. Yeah. So they hired me as a director DP. They, they let me pick who I wanted, my other DPs. And we all got together, had meetings, figured out well, how we're going to do everything and for a month. And then we went and we all did it and tackled it. And we basically talked over WhatsApp every night about what we had shot and what we, how we were going to do the next day. Why did they want to shoot it all at the same time? Just because they only, time? we needed a ton of content in a short window for this crazy timeline. Yeah. Yeah. So and basically then, Apple had 1% of the business in India. And you think about that, how many people are in India? They had no, no market share in India. So they wanted to get, you know, get to the whole, what is the heart of India? Cricket. They created this whole cool campaign. 
I had, again, this book was the catalyst of why they hired me to yep. do it. And I brought my guys and it was a, it was a really cool success. We shot. So, but think about it. We shot on the iPhone 10. Had to learn that thing. What was the, we shot with using Filmic Pro, had to learn the ins and outs of that. We shot using gimbals. So like the movie cinema robots and selfie sticks and like, oh, dude, we did everything. We came up with a system. All our color had to match. Shutter angle had to match. We had to shoot 25 PA pal. Like there was a lot of like things that we had to make sure that every time we turned the camera on, it all was the same. What were, what were like, were there like any advantages or disadvantages to shooting with an iPhone? Is like something oh, yeah. you like? Cause I saw, uh, what's that director? Uh, Steven Soderbergh. He shoots yeah. all his movies now on iPhone. Like literally all of them. It's like, I'm like, you're a fucking madman, dude. <laughs> Um, yeah. But, yeah, but what were some of the advantages and disadvantages of like this using an iPhone versus like the bigger cameras you normally yeah. The advantage is that it's so small. It's, it's not, it doesn't get in people's faces. It's, there's, it, like, it, it feels very natural. Like people mm -hmm. don't get flustered and, and feel, you know, you know, put off by, you know, this little device. It feels like it's their friend shooting them. It doesn't feel like this big camera, they got to perform. It's like, it feels like it's just a, you're part of the scene. You know, and that's how I like that about the camera. The only thing that I don't like about it is, you know, you can't change lenses. You're stuck with what you got to get. All the artifacting and the things you want to do might have to be done in post. The quality is not as great. Um, they're temperamental with temperature, with heat, you know. I remember, sorry, with temperature and with, um, you know, all sorts of atmospheric stuff. There's issues. Yeah. And then recording. You can only record for a certain amount of time. Oh, yeah, true. You know? So yeah. compression is another thing. Like it, there's, it's getting better. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. But it's not, you know, it's not an RA or it's not a red. It's, you know. No, um, it came out great. It was just interesting to see how you guys approached I it. I was surprised actually how they were able to color grade all that footage and, mm. um, you know, be able to take some of the slow-mo shots that we did. But the other cool thing was to be able to get that little phone because it's small, right? You get this phone into places where you couldn't get a camera. True. That was the cool part. Like we put it, you know, on the wickets, like on the cricket wickets, like we basically taped it on there and the guy was supposed to bowl a shot and it hit the phone and knocked <laughs> it off. Like you couldn't have done that with a, with a bigger camera. Yeah, it's true. And then again, if you break this, it's a lot cheaper than breaking a body with a lens, you know, yeah, those lenses true. are 10 grand a piece, you know, sometimes. Yeah, no, no, it was great. Um, a couple more questions. I'll let you go. No, uh, I yeah, I, I was pumped. I don't know what it was for, but you photographed Chris Miller, who's a, a legend, a legendary skateboarder. For me, I feel like he doesn't get as much respect as he deserves. Like one of the most stylish skateboarders there there's ever been. Um, wh what was your experience photographing him, and what was that for? <laughs> That's funny you should say that. So, Chris, I mean, yeah, like you said, dude, huge inspiration such a good skater you know like still skating just as hard now as he was when he was younger his son I, uh, his son rips now dude he's amazing like yeah. I, I so what long story short like i've always been in the skateboarding that's kind of how i started that was my start in this business and like i realized that no one ever in the skateboarding industry is going to hire me to shoot anything and yeah. i don't have the connections anymore to go get some of the baddest skaters or some of the greatest skaters and go shoot stuff i don't have that luxury a lot of a lot of skaters. Corporate. A lot of skaters used to clown on snowboarding. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, there's no way I'm getting access. And trust me, I've tried to DM people and be like, "Yo, 
I'm yeah. really, I want to hear, skateboarding is my roots. I'd love to get back to, didn't hear back from anybody. Yeah. So I ended up hitting up, so one of my buddies knows Chris. Yeah. Um, and he's, um, he actually uh, is a big, big timer at K2 Snowboards now, but he was, he's worked in the industry for years, skateboarding and everything. He's a big fan of mine. So I hit him up. I was like, hey, listen, I really want to, I would love to hook up with Chris Miller. I know you know him. Do you think you could say something to him and say, hey, I got this guy who wants to shoot you? He says, yeah, let me put a call into him. Next thing I know, I get a call from Chris Miller and we're talking. He was like, yeah, man, come out. I'll meet you at the skate park. We'll just shoot some shots. I flew out to Cali, literally. And met him and his son at the skate park, and he just like gave me an hour, and I just shot him. Yeah, no, that was it. Yeah, this goes to show. (laughs) It it, it just goes to show all you got to do is just ask the question. Like, that's all you got to do. The words someone's going to say no, or they're not going to respond to you. And it's like, whatever. Like, yeah, the baseball. I mean, that dude, did you ever see this thing real quick? I know I showed it to you. It's, uh, it's, this is another promo I put out called Promise Land. Oh, yeah, we talked about it briefly. It was like, yeah, yeah. Where did, you guys went like, to, was that like Utah or something? Yeah, this was like, uh, this was actually in Utah. So the story behind this is this was just like, this was like a basketball player. This is a dude I just DM'd. Like, on, I saw him on Instagram, DM'd him, and I was like, yo, I got this idea. Are you down? And I told him about the idea. I said, I'm going to take you and a basketball hoop and we're going to go to some of the national parks. We're going to freaking sneak in the basketball net. I'm going to have you dunk in all these locations. He's like, done. Yeah, did you get, any, was, yeah, did you get any shit for bringing, like, a basketball? Yeah, yeah what happened? I did. At, at the end, we literally shot in so many places, and no one said anything to us because we did it, like, under the cover. We're like, we, we had a, a white van in the beginning, and we had the we had the um, it was like a like a normal work van, and we had the basketball net stuck in it. So we just pull up, and we'd have somebody look out. All right, coast is clear. We pull out the thing, we run up into the woods, nobody see us. So we did that for every every day. Found a new location, set up the net until we saw somebody or whatever broke it down quick or got in and drove away. The yeah. last day we're shooting was Goblin Valley National Park, and this was like we're talking like one of the most one of the most iconic martian-like landscapes this place right here yeah yeah and and for anybody listening basically what gary did is he brought a basketball player to national parks like salt flats and he brought a basketball hoop with him yeah that's crazy dude so the funny thing was we're here shooting in this crazy environment you can see how like yeah how nuts that is so we're so we were there and we got finished shooting a storm's coming we were like high five. I mean, I shot with reds. I shot a motion piece. So I had two red cameras at my, you know, I had a cannon. I shot with that. I had two other guys shooting with me. You guys shot with two, two days? Yeah. No, it was like four days. Oh, four days. Wrapped that whole thing up. We were stoked. Got away scot-free, we thought. We're, we put the, um, we transferred the, because we had to take the rental van back. So we transferred the basketball net into the back of our pickup truck that we rented. Yeah. So then, as we're driving out, we had to go past the, the guard gate, which is a big, like, building. So we're at the guard gate. We pulled in front, and then Max is like, I got to use the bathroom. He goes in. We're waiting for him. And then we hear him, somebody, we hear him go, yeah, I can't lie. Uh, yeah, we were shooting in the thing. And I was like, what? So Why would he say <laughs> Yeah, the guy asked him, like, did you okay. guys bring that thing down in the valley? So the guy shut our whole operation down. We... He goes, I'll be right back. He goes in. I told Max, get in the car. We're out of here. He gets in. We drive away. We're talking like we're still in the park. We're driving hauling ass out of it. 
This guy comes tailing down, lights on, chases us all the way out to the main road for miles, right? Holy shit. We pull over. He forces Max to delete all of the files off of the card, off of the camera. Like, and Max does it. And I'm watching him do it. I'm so pissed. But then he tells me what he did was he put a different, he had already taken that card out and backed it up. Yeah. Oh, I was like, and the guy goes, yeah, I'm sorry to do that, man. But I just don't want to get the wrong impression of people thinking they can do things like this. Yeah. And I'm like, we understand completely. <laughs> so I, I broke the law again. <laughs> Breaking the law. But Breaking it was the a law. project. Breaking the law. Yeah. It yeah, what, yeah, it wasn't like you were hurting nothing. Like if you were like. No. We were very respectful other yeah. than that. Yeah. It's like if you were cutting down trees and shit, then I could be like, oh, yeah, that's fucked up. But yeah, it wasn't. But it, was, it was cool. And the funny thing was like, you know, I, Nike was like, they saw it. And they were like, dude, we wish you would have contacted us we would have you know put so much behind that thing Damn. so it was a cool it was a cool thing for for me to do and like i'm thinking like what's the next one like i've got a bunch of ideas and like i want to go to japan and i want to focus on sumo wrestling yeah i was actually i was googling sumo wrestling in new england i couldn't find really any yeah that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be sick man yeah i had i was working with a lady in japan this is before the tsunami and she was going to get me in i was going to shoot i was going to do a book and it was going to be a big book and the one side was going to be sumo and the other side was going to be geisha. So it was like the feminine masculine uh, book of Japan. Yeah. And um, so she died in the freaking tsunami. Her whole family is killed in that. Fuck. So, so I kind of like pushed off. I, I just stopped doing it, but I still, that's one thing I've been wanting to do for a long time. Yeah. Hopefully I get a chance to do it, but yeah. I know it's a, it's a really tough thing to do to, you know, for somebody like a Westerner to go, to go there and try to get access to that type of stuff is really difficult. Yeah. But maybe, maybe it happens. I don't know. You're, dude, you could do it, man. You'll fucking finesse. You'll <laughs> finesse it anyways. Uh, want to go to Japan? Let's go. <laughs> yo, man, I'm down. Let's do it. It's on my bucket list. Uh, oh, yeah. R- random question. Have you been watching the Jordan Last Dance documentary at all? No. Oh, have you heard about it though, right? No. Oh, you got to check this out. It's on ESPN. It's called The Last Dance. It's a 10-part series of Michael Jordan. It's an amazing documentary. All right. All right. I'm going to start watching oh, today. Dude, you'll be addicted. It's a 10-part series. They're, they have four more episodes left, and it's Jordan. Jordan's last season, and he gave access to these guys to document it. And this, footage, this footage has been sitting in the NBA um, the offices, locked down for like the last 25 years because Jordan – wouldn't let anybody use it until now. And it, it basically, is, it breaks down. Like every episode is like his beginning of his season. Then they have an episode with Rodman, Scotty Pippen. It's, it's incredible. Oh my God. I, yeah. I, how have I not heard about this? Oh, it's been not, they've been talking about it nonstop. You got to check it out for. All right. I'm going to check that out. That's crazy. But yeah. Anyways, I guess to wrap up, um, I guess we'll just leave it at this. What advice do you give for the younger photographers out there? And uh, what's next for Gary Land? Man, my advice is like I always say, keep shooting, shoot, shoot, shoot. Um, You know, it's the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. Do things that, but also don't shoot what you think people want to see. Do things that you want to put out there and just that you feel that you're passionate about. Yep. That's the best advice I can give. Um, And what's next for me is the unknown. Like, right. I, I think it's just create, keep, keep creating. And like, you know, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I want to shoot a feature film. Uh, I'm going to really push to try to do that. Um, 
and uh, you know, not try to always get put in a box. You know, I've been known as a sports photographer pretty much most of my career, and I love sports, and I'll still do that. It's sports are near and dear to me, but like, uh, I love a challenge too. So, uh, you know, maybe there's maybe I do focus might change my focus into something different, like the cats. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Man. I don't know. I, I, again, I'm up for a challenge always, and I just want to keep going. And you know, I appreciate you, you know, reaching out to me, and yeah, it's man. always fun. And if anybody wants to uh, ever ask me a question directly, obviously they can go to at Gary Land on Instagram and just DM me. Yeah. It's always the best way. Yeah, always a pleasure, Gary. And keep doing I, – I love on your Instagram, you're like one of the only photographers that does this. You love the live videos. Like you'll be on shoots. I know. And people love it. It's great, though. You like, you're People are always giving me crap. Like all my stuff, why are you doing that? And I'm like, I don't know. That Fuck fun. that. It's great. Like people want to hate, man. Keep doing it. <laughs> I will. I will. And I'll, I'll keep mentioning you. You can keep coming in with me. Just join me. <laughs> All right. All right, Gary. Always a pleasure. Awesome, brother. Talk soon. Alex, it was great talking to you. All right. Later, buddy. Thanks, man. Bye. So there you have it. That was the Gary Land interview. I just want to thank Gary so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure talking to him. Uh, like I said, I've been a big fan of Gary's work for years. He's always shooting personal projects and kind of this improving on his skills and uh, this kind of real force in the industry. Um, so can't think of enough. Definitely go check out his website at GaryLand.com as well as his Instagram at GaryLand. Uh, lots of cool work up there. So definitely go give him a follow. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, as well as the new The Photo Banter YouTube page. I've been kind of putting the podcast on YouTube so you can see the video as well as uh, kind of like multimedia presentation of each photographer's work. Um, so definitely go give that a follow. And thanks so much and uh, take care. <laughs>